It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. Greetings, Hoops Heads. Welcome to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Thursday, May 3rd. I'm your host, Aliko Carter. Solid show today. We're going to start with the Warriors and just go around the NBA. I'm going to just give my thoughts on a wide range of subjects today. Just there's a lot of things on my mind as far as basketball is concerned. I want to start with the Warriors, with the role players, because they've been playing so well and you know i've i've been asked about this asked about the warriors bench plenty of times just about uh, how good are they like should we trust them blah 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 it's is it a question is it really a question so we're going to talk about the role players in the first segment and in the second segment third segment we're going to go around the nba just a lot of subjects i want to discuss get off my chest a little bit of LeBron and the Raptors a little bit of the Celtics and the 76ers a little bit of the Houston Rockets who lost to the Jazz last night there's just a lot of interesting storylines going on right now you can get this podcast anywhere podcasts are available Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, and iOS, as well as LockedOnWarriors.com. Make sure you bookmark that page, as well as LockedOnSports.com. You can get in touch with me at Kojitare on Twitter, K-O-G-I-T-A-R-E, or via email at AlikoCarter11 at gmail.com. That's A-L-I-K-O Carter11 at gmail. But enough about that. Let's talk some dubs. My boy Miles told me that Kevon Looney has the sixth best defensive rating of anyone left in the playoffs, which is exceptional. I mean, you look at Kevon Looney do work on Anthony Davis. He just has, he, he gets down. He has a great defensive position. His feet are spread apart. His elbow is up and in the back of Anthony Davis. And he moves his feet. You could just see the lateral movement there. He's trained himself in that his hips are completely healthy. He's just ready to defend the basket every single time he's called out there and has earned his 22 to 24 minutes a night. And I want to take a look at his playoffs per 36 minutes numbers because that'll give us a good idea of if we were able to keep him out there as a starter or if he was starting for another team, what kind of contributions he would be giving. He's played in seven games so far this playoffs, all seven games that the Warriors have played playing 21 minutes a game and shooting 52%. That number would be higher if it weren't for a few three-pointers late in the shot clock that he bricked. His two-point percentage is .565, just excellent. And his true shooting percentage is 537, particularly because he hasn't been great at the free throw line, only making 53.8% of his charity shots during this time. But He'd be pulling down 8.1 rebounds per 36 minutes 
including three-point two offensive, and he's one of the best offensive rebounders that the Warriors have. And 2.5 combined steals blocks with an additional three assists. That's the kind of production that is going to earn you a ton of minutes in the regular season. We're going to see some combination of Kavan and Jordan Bell playing significant minutes next year. If we could just put Kavan and Jordan Bell into the same body and have all of the gifts that each of them possess... Jordan's ability to leap through the roof, Kavan's ability to keep that low center of gravity and play defense on the ground. Both of their shot-blocking acumen. Kavan's ability to shoot outside and and, and, uh, pull it out to 20-plus feet. But besides the outrageous athleticism, Kavan is the better player, which is why he's getting the minutes, obviously, third year, compared with Jordan Bell, who is finishing up his rookie season with the Warriors and, you know, learning a lot on the bench, I'm sure. Quinn Cook, unfortunately, also learning a lot from the bench after being an important part of the Warriors' first round series and even in game one when Steph didn't play, but lost his rotation spot to Stephen Curry. You might see him if the Warriors do manage to get another blowout later in the games. Love to see him play and put up shots. He's really fearless. You know, he's never been put in this position. He'd never started in the NBA when the Warriors tapped him to come in for Steph, but he played out of his mind. He didn't blink. He played his role and he played it well. Looking forward to seeing him get a few minutes in garbage time if the Warriors are able to manage a good win. And looking forward to seeing him next year, definitely. But for people who are in the rotation, want to shout out first Andre Iguodala. There were cries around the water cooler that he's not the same player he was three years ago. And no, he's not the same player he was three years ago. But with all of the rest that he got during the regular season, he only played in 64 games, starting seven. And during those games, he played 25 minutes, which is about where he has been the last few seasons. It's lower than the 26.3 minutes he played in 2016-2017. And it's been going down steadily. 2013-2014, as you recall, was the last year that he started. Came off the bench in favor of Harrison Barnes in 2014-2015, the year that the Warriors won their first championship, playing 26.9 minutes down to 26.6 the next season, 26.3 the next season, and officially 25.3 after 64 games in this season. Smart moves by Steve Kerr just to preserve Andre Iguodala for the stretch run. If he's going to be getting paid as much as he does get paid, Uh, It's got to be worth something. It's got to be useful, right? He's making nearly $15 million this year off a three-year $45 million extension that he signed last summer. And that's that's a ton of money. It's fifth on the team behind Steph, obviously, with that fat, fat contract making 34, 682 this year. 25 mil for Kevin Durant. Almost 18 for Klay Thompson, 16 and a half for Draymond, and then 14, 8, 14 for Andre Iguodala. That's a ton of money. And Bob Myers and the Warriors Brain Trust paid that money with the express understanding that Andre would be there for the stretch run. And so they played him 
pretty conservatively throughout the entire season. He has contributed, but in the playoffs, he's just been a different player. He's just been better. He's up to 27 and a half minutes in the playoffs, taking 6.4 shots a game. He only took five shots a game during the regular season, and he's shooting 49%, including 39% from three so far this playoffs. Incredible. And 59% from two. Add to that 5.4 rebounds and 3.3 assists, and you still haven't quantified truly what Andre is bringing to the table. In his playoff minutes, he's averaging a 95.5 defensive rating and 109.7 offensive. That's 14.3 more points per 100 possessions that the Warriors score than the other team when Andre is on the floor. And part of that is he plays in very, very smart defensive lineups that rotate extremely well and his rotations are always crisp he always has a hand in the grill of the player that he's guarding he moves his feet well but his hands are really his gift because he has such great hands you see those times he'll slap the ball away and they won't get a call every now and then he'll slap the ball away from a defender and you know put up his hands when the whistle blows like where was the foul and sometimes he's right sometimes he really does get the ball cleanly but because you slap down it looks like a foul i want to continue this conversation in the next segment stay tuned is there anything more craveable than the smell of mcdonald's fries if someone's hiding an order of fries they're never hiding it well it takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Lenovo. At CDW, we get putting productivity within reach of remote employees. That's why I'm WFC, working from couch and moving everything within arm's length, like the microwave. Lunchtime. You should talk to the experts at CDW. They can orchestrate a more efficient workspace solution using light, powerful devices from Lenovo to keep your teams productive from anywhere, couch included. Yeah, but do they have grabber claws? Whoops. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Learn more at cdw.com slash Lenovo client. Welcome back. We're talking Warriors role players and want to move on to David West, shooting 64% from the field in the playoffs, 3.7 rebounds, 2.7 assists. His defensive numbers aren't that great, but I don't think that that is a knock on his individual defensive play right now as much as it is the lineups that he is present in are getting scored on. He passes the eye test defensively managing to get nearly two combined steals blocks. He's been an important cog, a stabilizer in 15 minutes a game, and JaVale also playing about 15 minutes a game, not so much a stabilizer as uh, an exploder, shooting 59.5% from the field. So far, this playoffs, 4.5 rebounds. Had a DMP in this last game, didn't need him, and it comes from the judgment that Anthony Davis isn't really a post player, and you can't guard him straight up with somebody like JaVale McGee or Zaza Pachulia. You need a Kavan who can move a little bit better, or David West, or, you know, you've got the options of Kevin Durant and Draymond Green, great options there. Uh, but there's no one with AD's 
combination of size, skill, and speed that you can put out there at the center position to be able to guard him. Kind of sucks for JaVale. Zaza, obviously, seven straight DNPs. Could make an appearance in the next series against a Gobert or a Capella, but certainly not really playable against Anthony Davis. Just, you know, just... It's a tough matchup. It's really a tough matchup. And I want to give Kavon credit. I've been giving Kavon credit the entire week. But, you know, I don't think enough can be said for what he's done so far uh, on the defensive end this playoffs. Dot. Time to look at Sean Livingston. Playing about 19 minutes a game, shooting 50% on six and a half shots. Making 94% of his free throws. And contributing on all areas of the floor, including one-on-one defense, rotations, Stealing a few balls, rebounding the ball, assisting the ball, doing a little bit of everything in his nearly 20 minutes a game. He takes care of the ball, doesn't really turn it over, which is huge. The Warriors had 16 turnovers in the last game, which is the most they've had this playoffs. And I'd like to see them take care of the ball a little bit better in game three. Nick Young has played in all seven games so far this playoffs, starting the last two of them, but only playing 8.8 minutes a game Overall, he had a little bit of garbage time in some of those games against the Spurs. He's not shooting very well. 31% from the field, 33% from three, and he's not doing much else either. I will feel more comfortable, I think, when he's not in the starting lineup anymore. He just seems a little tentative, like he's nervous. And he wasn't nervous in the regular season, but I know he knows he's playing for a championship. So he just he just he seems a little tentative out there. He seems like he's lost a little bit of his swag. And he'll still get a ring even if he doesn't play a lot of minutes. So, you know, I just I wouldn't mind him falling out of the rotation for now uh, in favor of people who are making shots. Because he just doesn't bring anything else to the table. And before we move on to other teams around the NBA, I want to say Stephen Curry once again, just managed to blow my mind in the playoffs. One game, of course, very small sample size. His true shooting percentage is 77.4 behind 53% shooting from the field, 50% shooting from three, and 100% on seven attempts from the line. In 27 minutes, he scored 28 points on 15 shots. This guy changes everything. I have a feeling that all the role players are going to start, their numbers are going to go up. And their numbers are already incredible, but they're going to go up just because Steph makes it easier for his teammates to score the ball. So don't be surprised if the Warriors' offensive efficiency goes up while their defensive efficiency remains elite. They're almost a full two and a half points in defensive rating below the Utah Jazz, 99.9 to 102.3, leading the playoffs in defensive efficiency. They also are second by .1 in offensive rating in the playoffs behind the Houston Rockets, 111.5 to 111.4. That is an 11.5 net rating, which is significantly higher than the Rockets and is a great indicator of whether or not the Warriors will make the finals. They really did flip a switch. There, There is a switch that they were able to flip from the regular season to the playoffs, and we're seeing that right now. We're seeing them be the best team in the league, the team that we thought they were during the regular season, the team that we've seen during the last three years before this season. It's still here. 
It just had to wait until the playoffs to really kick into high gear. You're listening to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Stay tuned for a trip around the NBA. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. Making you old-fashioned today with the Wild Turkey Bourbon 101. It just really stands up very well in a classic cocktail like the old-fashioned. It has that perfect boldness. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant to learn more. We're back, and I want to quickly touch on the Raptors and LeBron. Uh, Miles gave me another really interesting stat. The, the second time in 20 years during the playoffs that a team led wire to wire and still managed to lose the game in overtime. I don't know what the first game was, but that is a very telling stat for the Toronto Raptors, who led wire to wire two nights ago and went extremely frigid in the fourth quarter, allowing LeBron and the Cavaliers to come back, tie the game at 95. The Raptors missed their last 12 shots, including three off of offensive rebounds as the clock almost expired from point-blank range. Are they cursed? Are they chokers? Do they not have the killer instinct? I'll let you all decide while you watch the game, which has already started. 3 p.m. Pacific start time for game two of the Toronto Raptors and Cleveland Cavaliers. Moving on to the Celtics and the 76ers. Should be a great game tonight with the Sixers trying to win one in Boston before the series moves to Philadelphia. I haven't spoken enough about this Boston team, but deserves a lot of credit. Terry Rozier has been a terror on both sides of the ball. Uh, Who knew that he had the ability to shoot the way he's been shooting? And the next man up mentality in Boston is real. These guys are two games away from knocking on the door of the Eastern Conference Finals without Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. A lot of credit should go to Brad Stevens, not only for designing systems that are able to combat the star power that he's facing on the other side of the ball in the first round, of course, against Giannis and Tedekumbo and the Milwaukee Bucks, and then in this round in Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Those guys didn't have horrible games, actually. Embiid had the best game of his playoffs so far, even though he was a minus six, 31 points, 13 rebounds. 12 of 21 shooting, 2 of 5 from 3. He was excellent. 5 assists to boot. The 76ers only turned the ball over 12 times. But they only shot 42% and 5 of 26 from 3. The Celtics did a fantastic job of running them off the line. J.J. Redick just 2 of 7. Ersan Ilyasova 0 of 3. Bellinelli only got 2 up, making 1. And he's been one of their most prolific shooters. 5 of 26 is just not going to cut it. Meanwhile, the Celtics shot 17 of 35 from three. That's 48 and a half percent. That's the difference in the game. 17 threes, 
to five threes, and so many lost possessions on those missed three-point shots for the 76ers. They're going to have to shoot better tonight. That is the main key here, is they have to spring their guys open. Robert Covington, a guy I didn't mention, 0 of 4 from 3. Dario Saric, another guy I didn't mention, 0 of 4 from 3. They're going to have to do better. Because honestly, they did everything else they were supposed to do to get that game won in Boston and seize home court advantage. On the other side, though, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, and Terry Rozier, the new big three, I guess, for the Boston Celtics, were, you know, extremely special, starting with Rozier, who took the most shots on the team, 11 of 18, including 7 of 9 from 3. You gotta run that guy off the line, my sweet lord. Six assists, eight rebounds, and 29 big points, plus 17 on the night for Terry Rozier, Jason Tatum. Only one of five from three, but shot 50% from the field. Scored 28 points on 16 shots. Al Horford, 26 points on 12 shots. He was so efficient. 10 of 12 from the field, two of three from three. Made all four of his free throws. Seven rebounds, four assists. We all talk about how Al Horford is underrated. Can you talk about a guy being underrated and he still is underrated? I mean, he made the all-star team this year with... Uh, Draymond type numbers, you know, just 13 points and, and uh, y- you know, not really anything that blows you out of the water, but just we know from the eye test, just like with Draymond, what he brings to the team is so, so, so important. Just the defensive anchor, the efficiency, the steadiness with the ball. He can be a pivot at the elbow, creating offensive options and He's able to take the ball himself as well. He's got an array of moves around the basket, footwork out the wazoo. He can stroke the three, and he's been doing a little bit of everything for this team. But this is a team that plays better than the sum of its parts. I think Marcus Smart, Marcus Morris playing extremely well. Aaron Baines and Simi Ojale also playing well. Even Shane Larkin in 18 minutes. Only, only one of six from the field, but he was a plus 10 on the night play great defense. The Boston Celtics are winning on the defensive end and shooting the lights out. You can't, you got to stop one or the other. So the 76ers definitely have to shoot better, but they also have to run the Boston Celtics off the line, negate that firepower, make the game less of a shootout and more of a pounded out kind of game. And, you know, I mean, 40 points in the paint, in this game for the Boston Celtics. 46 points in the paint for the Philadelphia 76ers. Not a lot of fast break points on either, but it's a three-point shooting. It just it just comes down to that. It was a three-point shooting. And speaking of three-point shooting teams, the Houston Rockets lost last night to the Utah Jazz. Once again, leaving us the question, are the Houston Rockets choke artists? <laughs> Miles would say yes. I need to see a little bit more basketball honestly, to make my determination. Uh, But there was one moment late in the game where Chris Paul simply just like lost the ball out of bounds and then walked away. Just no reaction, no, like, like that possession was so, so, so important. And he just lost the ball. He just, it just, it's almost like the ball was teleported away from his hand and just ended up out of bounds. And it's just, that's a tough one. You know, that's like, how, how does that happen? They managed to get back in control of the game in the second half before letting it slip away in the fourth quarter. They shot 6 of 25 in the fourth and 3 of 12 from 3. 
Harden was one of four. Chris Paul, one of three. Eric Gordon, one of two. Nobody else made one. Six of 25. Harden was two of seven. And Chris Paul was three of seven. They both went to the line. Seven points and 11 points in the period. 23 points for the Houston Rockets. And Eric Gordon was the only other person to score in that period. So is it a role player problem? Is it a James Harden and Chris Paul problem? You know, we don't know what it is. And it's probably too early to even be asking. It's just a 1-1 series. It's going to Utah. The Houston Rockets had the best road record in the league. So it's a little early. But that game left me scratching my head, definitely. That's about as much time as we have today. Tune in tomorrow and I'll be doing everything I can to prepare you for the Dubs game in New Orleans, game three at 5 p.m. Pacific. Stay thoughtful, Hoops Heads. Hey, Bay Area sports fans, this is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked On Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.